well, at least they won, right? 3-1 win, 10-30 start time, playing the Sharks, get the two points, 2-1 on the road trip. Things are looking up, right? Well, maybe, but maybe not. To start off the show, I'm going to get into who really played well in this game versus who not, who did not play well in this game. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Elmer Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Penguins three, Sharks one. You get the win, but it's like, eh, eh. That's kind of how I felt. After that game, you get the win. Oh, you get the two points. You finish the road trip to a one. But <clears throat> something about this team still does not seem right. Um, overall, I thought this was a very rotten performance by most of the Penguin skaters. I would say outside of the top line, plus Casey DeSmith, everyone else played like crap. Um, the hockey stat cards uh, with you know the average game score for the Penguins, that matches up from what I saw. Um, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensilver, Card, Raquel, Casey DeSmith carried them in this game. Everyone else can go kick rocks after this one. I don't think a single other skater really jumped out to me. Maybe you can argue Drew O'Connor, <clears throat> Jason Zucker a little bit. Um, but otherwise, don't really think anyone played well in this one. And I'll start with Casey DeSmith. Let's start with him to kick off today's show. Uh, magnificent performance from him. I think this was one of his finest starts of the season. Uh, he was bailing them out. 10, 15 seconds into the game. For, for those that did not watch, I understand 10.30 start. Shout out to the, the people that actually stayed up to 1, 1.15 in the morning on a freaking Tuesday into Wednesday. You all are also the real MVPs. If, if you do not stay up, I don't think any less of you people have worked the next day. I get it. <clears throat> but <clears throat> for those that did not stay up, Penguins gave up a couple of odd man rushes right away. The Sharks were really taking it to them in the first five, 10 minutes of that first period. And DeSmith was shutting the door and he kept shutting the door throughout the game. He only gave up one goal, came with about four minutes left in the third period. Really nice rush by Timo Meyer, who I'm sure is going to go to a Metropolitan Division team. Probably not the Penguins, even though I would make a run in him. And yeah, he's probably going to be a thorn in their side um, for a lot more games down the stretch. Maybe not for Carolina because the Penguins... <clears throat> they don't play the Hurricanes the rest of the way unless they would draw them in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, he's a very good player and, and it's going to be tough going up against him. But to Smith, um, I just loved the way he looked last night. 38 saves on 39 shots. Um, <clears throat> he was really active with his stick. A couple instances where the puck was behind the net, then the Sharks were trying to pass it in front for like a centering pass or something like that, right? And DeSmith was able to put his stick out, block it, goes to the corner. Penguins are able to get that quick clear, and they're going from defense to offense very quickly. Really liked his alertness there. Also liked how aggressive he was. He was coming out of the net a lot more. Wasn't playing deep in his crease, was squaring up to shooters, making a lot of solid glove saves. Um, 
I thought even when he went down, he stuck, he stacked his pants together on a couple of very quality chances for the Sharks. And he was awesome. Uh, I think, again, outside of, the, I would say outside of Sidney Crosby, if you want to rank those four players, Crosby, Densel, Raquel, and DeSmith, he was, he was the second best player on ice. And heck, you can even make an argument that he was the best player on the ice. Um, he was outstanding for this team. The Sharks had 16 high danger chances to the Penguins 11. So the fact that he was able to save 15 of those goes show the Sharks also had 57% um, of the expected goals. So he was seeing a lot of high volume shots, scoring chances close, but 29 for the Sharks, 23 for the Penguins. Um, they had the better of the play, but to Smith was a wall. And, you know, this was the game where I thought Tristan Jari was going to go. I was very surprised, like I'm sure a lot of you were, <clears throat> that Tristan was not going. But they, they held him out. The Penguins flew home today on Wednesday. I'm sure he's going to get a practice on Thursday. And I'm pretty, I probably, I'm saying about 85-90% sure that Tristan is going to go this week. And they probably just wanted to get him to get an extra practice and make sure that he is 110% before he comes back. So, <clears throat> the Smith played. I know people were nervous just because of what happened in Los Angeles, but, you know, <clears throat> over this last week, since the Penguins have come back from the All-Star break, look at this. Three and one record. And I would say in those starts, in those four starts that he has had, Colorado game, excellent. One of his finest starts of the season. Anaheim game, didn't have to do too much. <clears throat> Gave up a couple garbage, garbage time goals. Very good. Kings game, you start on a back-to-back. Okay, whatever. He didn't look that good. Maybe a little bit of a mulligan. Sure. This game last night against Sharks, a team that is bad but is potent offense offensively with Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture. Can keep going. You know, Nick Benino is still putting up okay offensive numbers. Not the bet, not the greatest like he used to, but still okay. <clears throat> they have talent there. Smith gives up one goal in 60 minutes. Bails his team out constantly on man rushes, makes a lot of high danger saves. Three and one. If you would have told me that the Penguins would be three and one coming out of the All-Star break with Casey DeSmith leading the way, <clears throat> I'd sign up for that every single time. And I think you all would as well. Because Tristan, again, you know, he's still <clears throat> not back as of right now, but I think that's going to change obviously very soon by the weekend. But you know, for the most part, he's he's starting to clean it up a little bit, which is nice. I know he has his inconsistencies. And yeah, has it been a tough season for him? Absolutely. I've been critical of him on the show. Other people in the media have been critical of him in their articles and on their shows. Fans have been critical of him on Twitter. He's inconsistent. That's what a backup is a lot of times. But in this last week and change, for the most part, 75% of those games, he's been very good. And he's been a key reason why the Penguins have gotten six out of a possible eight points in this last week to really stake their claim on the top wild card spot right now. Still have games in hand on the Capitals. Islanders lost last night. Again, that's huge going into Friday night's game against them. They, they, the Penguins can sweep two of those next three against the Islanders. I mean, it'll be very hard for them to come to climb out of because the Penguins have four games in hand right now and they're two points up on the Islanders. But Casey DeSmith was awesome. Goaltending was a big difference last night. And honestly, I don't even know if I should truly say that because Aaron Dell was good. He made a lot of very quality saves on the Penguins, another random goaltender, another random backup goaltender who wants to play very well. 
against them. He he was still fine, but if that was anything less than stellar from DeSmith, the Penguins probably lose that game. You know, honestly, I would say, Yins, if that game is not against the Sharks, maybe the Blackhawks, Coyotes, Blue Jackets, am I missing it? The Ducks, five. They probably lose that game. They probably can beat those five teams by playing the way they did last night. Otherwise, they probably get blown out by any other team in the league. Really rotten performance, but they were saved by Casey Smith. And coming up in the next segment, I'm going to tell you why they were saved by the top line as well. Because Sidney Crosby especially was the best player on the ice. I'm going to get into that. Jake Gensel Carter Kell were also great as well. But before I get into that, let's take a quick minute to discuss FanDuel, the, fin- the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000, not $100, $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So do not miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and locked on. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hody, saw the show's Twitter at LO. Arnold Penguins, and of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Recording this at about 4.45, 5 o'clock on Wednesday. I've had some work stuff to do today, but glad we're able to fully um, record the episode for you all today. So outside of Casey DeSmith, the top line, excellent as always last night. They were on fire. And it doesn't, you know, you go to... <clears throat> Natural Satrick, and sure enough, they were the best line by far. When the Penguins line of Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, and Ricardo Kell were on the ice, they played 13 minutes at 5v5. When they were on the ice, the Penguins had 63% of the shot attempts. They also had two goals for, no goals against, 78% expected goals rate, 63% of the scoring chances, and 75% of the high danger scoring chances. Sidney Crosby was ridiculous in this one. Um, Just Set, set, honestly, set his presence right away, or set the tone, I should say, right away with a thunderous hit. Um, I can't try to, I'm blanking on the Sharks player that he hit, but it was the hit of the game on ATT Sportsnet. Um, <clears throat> right in the first period, right in the first few shifts, just set the tone. He was fired up coming to this game, had his first game misconduct, was not happy with how things transpired in Los Angeles. Um, he's been playing a lot, uh, real, some really good hockey as of late, 17 points in his last 11 games. Now, only Matthew Kachuk. Um, in that time span, has had more points than him. Um, he also made sure outside of Casey and Smith that they were not going to go down and lose this game. Three assists for the captain, including the old, going to ruffle some feathers here, including the old Sean Bergenheim, Dominic Moore play from 2011. You all know what I'm talking about for newer Penguins fans. That was a series where they were without Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin and lost game seven to... Dwayne Rollison, who, yes, was a goaltender in this league. And the only goal that was scored in that game was when Sean Bergen behind was behind the net. Did a no-look pass to Dominic Moore. Fired in the back of the net. Boom, 
piece of cake. It's exactly what Crosby did here um, to Jake Gensel. Um, Aaron Dell, it looked like, was chasing, you know, Crosby behind that. It was, it, it, I wouldn't say he was chasing him behind the net, but he was definitely fooled by him, to say the least. And um, was looking one way. Crosby goes back to Gensel, fires it off the post, goes off Dell's um, button in. Again, the old Moore Bergenheim play. Still gives me PTSD because the Penguins easily could have won that series. They probably don't get Malkin or Crosby back if they go on to round two. They were kind of playing with house money at that point. But, you know, still a series they probably should have won. They went up three games to one in that series. Um, you know, whatever. That was the, I believe that was Guy Boucher's coach team. Anyways, getting off track just a little bit. That was a beautiful pass from Crosby. Just, you know, the eyes in the back of his head, um, as always. Um, had an assist on their Rorkard Raquel goal, um, which I'll get to in just a second. But, I mean, Sid had eyes in the back of his head, I would say, all game tonight, uh, last night. Yes. Um, was making beautiful stretch passes, had a couple of quality scoring chances himself. Aaron Dell made a couple of nice saves on him. But forwards-wise, I think he was the best forward, uh, forward on the ice. Was not close. Um, one of his best games of the season when the Penguins really needed him most, he delivered. And that's how I think it's going to have to be down the stretch here. They've played, what, 53 games? You got 29 games left um, in the regular season before the playoffs start. You know, you are going to need your best players to be your best players here. And sure enough, Sid was that last night. Just spectacular hockey from him. And, you know, he's on fire right now. Jake Gensel, he gets two goals. Um, looked like he, you know, he could have had a hat trick um, late, but ended up not having it. But, um you know, solid job on the first one to get it, to get it, and then you know, he also gets the empty netter. Um, that because he is Mister Empty Net um, at this point. And remember, the Gensel goal—that was the one that made it um, two nothing in a second period after Ricardo Raquel made it one nothing. I'm going to get to him in just a second, but um, you know, it's funny when, when you think of Jake Gensel season to date. You know, he's not really blowing you away, right? You know, it seems something seems off a little bit. I mean. Maybe it's because I predicted him to score 50 this year. But you look at him, it's like, okay, he has 23 goals, 49 points in 49 games, so he's a point-of-game player. But it's almost at the same time you're thinking like, man, should he be producing a little more? Like, is that like weird of me to think that? Because it's something that just hasn't seemed right with him for the last few weeks. But yet again, he's still producing, and he, he almost he has, almost has 50 points, and we're, we got almost less than 30 games left. So that I mean that, that just goes to show that you know despite not having the year that he's maybe envisioning him he envisioned himself having he's still producing he's still playing fine and he's still at a point of game so maybe he goes to another level towards the late stage of the regular season in the playoffs because he is you know Mister Playoffs with how good he is you know during that time but you just wanted to point that out you know I'm glad that he got the two goals last night. But something still seems, it feels like it seemed a little off with him. It's a little weird. And then finally, Ricard Raquel, he gets uh, his 19th of the season. Um, Sharks, you know, probably could have challenged for goalie interference on that. I did put a tweet out. I said, there's no chance that's interference. But then I did see the replay. I'm like, well, I will take expose myself. Um, there was contact in the crease there. Um, David Quinn opted not to challenge it. And he opted not to do a lot of things last night. I thought he really was a horrendous coach. And that game, I'm going to get to that in just a second as well. But, um, 
you know, they decided not to challenge. They had a very good case. I think they probably could have won it, but um, Penguins made it one nothing, and they will take that. Raquel, I thought he was all over the ice as well. Was getting quality scoring chances. Was forechecking relentlessly. Was playing well in his own zone too. Um, that top line, it's been cooking a little bit lately, and um, it cooked a lot last night. Um, I, I really love that Gensel Crosby Raquel line, um, and that just goes to show. I know Crosby may like playing with Rust, but whichever line Rust touches, it kind of goes to crap a little bit, and that is proven here. You know, when when we go down to hockey stats cards with you know the game score, Brian Rust had the worst game score of anyone on the team last night. Honestly, the Zucker, Malk, and Rust line had the worst game scores combined out of anyone on the team. Rust was close to minus two overall. Zucker was, you know, not, not minus one and a half. And then Gino was, you know, minus one and one quarter. Um, it feels like every line that Rust touches, it just, you know, kind of goes to crap a little bit. And, you know, the second line has been awesome for a lot of this year, but definitely wasn't last night. I mean, at least two-thirds of it has with Zuck, with Zucker and Malkin. You know, Zucker's, I think, been the most consistent forward, and Malkin has had some really good games. Definitely that was not last night. I thought he was brutal in that game, was turning the puck over constantly, um, not getting any good looks defensively, thought he was atrocious. You know, it's one of those mulligan games, Regina, where I'm sure he's going to come out on Friday and score a goal or two and, you know, have like a three- and four-point night because, you know, that's just um, – that's that's who Evgeny Malkin is uh, at this stage of his career. So, but – you know, that Gensel Crosby Raquel line, it's awesome. I think it's going to continue to be awesome. And again, and outside of Casey DeSmith, you know, that line was the biggest reason why they won. So I really wanted to, you know, dig into that perform those performances and just look at why the Penguins won when that line was on the ice and how hopefully that can continue moving forward. I think that line's going to cause a lot of teams fits um, down the stretch here. But that wraps up this segment. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into some other coaching blunders that I saw from the Sharks in this game. What other things the Penguins can take out of it heading into Friday's game on the island against the Islanders? Another massive game for them. And just looking ahead to the schedule because it's about to get really brutal for the Penguins. Um, But before we get to that, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories and you've got to try a Bilt Bar, we just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat a little healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just a thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built Healthy, is actually tasty. Seriously, they're very delicious. You won't think they're even good for you. They're perfect for your resolution for this year. And what makes them so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And yes, that is real chocolate. And they come in all sorts of flavors, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, churro, all that good stuff. You can go to your nearest sam's club walmart go to the pharmacy section for each go get cookies and cream double chocolate you know coconut puffs whatever flavor you want um so you can thank me later on both of those for sam's club and walmart all right i'm back in this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes all the shows twitter eleanor show penguins and of course thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day so, a couple coaching blunders that I saw last night, at least one of them that I saw. Late in the game, Penguins are up 2-1. to one. This was after Timo Meyer scored. For those who don't watch it. So, you know, three minutes come down. And usually, that's a little too early. Then it comes down to two minutes in the third period. A lot of coaches now, analytically, they start to pull the goalie around there. A minute 30. A minute. He finally pulls the goalie 
with 50 seconds left, the Penguins score five seconds later, and Jake Gensel gets the empty dinner. I'm like, that's a little late to be pulling your goalie. It looked like an intentional tanking move by David Quinn. And, you know, I know the Sharks stink. Don't get me wrong. They're in it to try to get Connor Bedard. But, dude, you got to give your – you got to at least give your chance – you got to at least give your team a little bit of a chance to tie the game there. Just gave the Penguins the win on a silver platter towards the late stage of the third period. They didn't even have to defend right there. That was just very weird. Um, to say the least, that was just some loser coaching. Didn't even call his timeout um, there. I don't know what they were doing. You know, this is a Sharks team that, again, they played better as of late. They went to Washington, whooped the Capitals. They went down to Tampa Bay, whooped the, whooped the Lightning. Um, gave Carolina all the fits they could have. Beat the Penguins in Pittsburgh. The team's been playing decent, but he he coached like a loser in this one. Just, you know, I don't know what the heck that was. Um <clears throat> So that was definitely a little bit weird. He didn't even have some of his top six players out towards the late stages of the game, which was also odd. He was just going with their bottom six. Um, you know, just, you know, coaching, it's just loser stuff right there. You know, bad teams say bad, and the Penguins, you know, they'll, they'll take those two points and run with them. <clears throat> um, other miscellaneous observations that I had in this one. Third line continues to be an absolute joke, but, you know, that's nothing new. Brock again, this is now what? 20th, 25, I believe it's his 21st game in a row now without a point, 19th game in a row without a goal. Um, it's bleak for him. I know he has d- decent defensive impacts, decent on the PK. Outside of that, though, there's nothing much going on there. He needs a good play-driving third center to thrive, I think, on this team. He needs someone that can drive offense and produce and get him the puck because Jeff Carter's not that guy. Carter's been skating in mud the whole season. Honestly, been skating in mud since the second half of last season. Um, it is not happening right now. When it comes to that line, Kasperi Kapanen, he had a decent chance at least, but he fired one off the uh, shoulder of Arundel, hit the post or crossbar, so a little bit better. But still, you know, that line is not doing it. Um, when they are on the ice, eight minutes of five on five time. Penguins had 37% of the shot attempts, 39% of the expected goals, 25% of the scoring chances. You know, garbage. Blech. Just straight up. Trash, and you know, it again, it remains the biggest, single biggest weakness, I think, for this team right now. And actually, I saw a stat today from a CK at 404 response code on uh, Penguins Twitter that, you know, this is, this is, we're in just a little bit of a scary hours here. Um, and I'll, and I'll share this right now. You know, per money puck, McGinn has the worst expected goals of any non bottom five team player in the league. You know, he's right up there with Ryan Reeves, Matt Martin, and Nick Ritchie. Brock McGinn's expected goals percentage this year at five on five is 41.9%. It's garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's that's just bad. Still got two more years left, 2.75 million. Great contract on Xdoll, really. That's just whew, it's just a blunder that didn't need to happen, and you're seeing it right now. I mean, he needs a heater to produce. And you know, I tried to warn people that this was gonna happen, and some people thought I was drink, you know, some people were drinking the Kool-Aid. This is what happens. Third line was bad. Thought Drew O'Connor came in, played fine. You know, he's he's still a little, little bit of the un, an unknown to me. I would rather see him in the lineup compared to some of the other bottom six guys right now. And maybe he will be considering that Paling um, ha- was a late scratch because of that nagging injury that, for the last couple of months. I'm not really sure if he's going to be playing in that game on Friday or Saturday. We'll have to see if he practices on Thursday. But, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. You know, since then it comes at the expense of Paling because I thought he was really 
playing a bit better ever since coming back from the injury for the second time. But, you know, if he has to miss a few games, you know, at least we'll, we'll get to see O'Connor in there because um, I thought he looked decent last night, uh, to say the least. Um, I don't really like the, the, the amount of oddly rushes this team has been giving up on a nightly basis at this point. It's just kind of annoying, to be honest. Um, they're still not starting games on time, especially against a team like the Sharks. Come on, man. It's the Sharks. You can't be letting a team like that outskate you. And I thought the Penguins were badly outskated in this one. Out-hustled, out-chanced, out, out-manned, I guess if you want to say, if, if, if that makes sense, out-physical, if you want to say it like that. Um, not a lot of good stuff from this one. This team still looks <clears throat> broken in a lot of ways. And I'm not sure if one or even two moves can truly fix this to get them back to being a cup contender. Because more or less right now, this is the roster they've, they've had envisioned for this season. Minus John Ruda, minus Tristan Jari, minus Ryan Paling. Jari's probably going to come back this weekend. Minus a player who they add, minus two players who they added um, in the offseason. This is more or less the team that they that they thought they were going to see in the season. And it's still playing like, you know, crap a lot of times. Great that you got the win. You get four out of six points. And that's what I said coming into this. Last week, you got to bank four out of the six points on this trip because two of those teams are really bad. You lose to the Kings, sure, the Kings are really good. But you got to beat the Ducks. You got to beat the Sharks, especially after you also just beat the Avalanche at home. Six out of possibly points, that's, you know, everything you could ask for in this last week and change. Now, it gets tougher. Get the Islanders who have really been struggling the last three games. They only have two points to show for it by... Losing to the Senators, the Canucks, and the Canadians. This team looks like it's completely broken right now. Penguins got blown out the last time they went up to the island. Five to one was the final. This team is reeling. You gotta take advantage of that. Tristan, hopefully, we'll get the start. Gotta see a better performance in this one. If you can get the two points here in regulation, you're not only four points up on the Islanders, you still got four games in hand on them. And then if you beat them next week, you're potentially six points up on them. We still have three to four games on hand on them. You know. It's almost, you know, they, they they almost can't come back from that. Um, so that that's how big that, that is coming up. And, you know, Penguins have a very busy stretch, uh, stretch of games coming up here. Nine games in 16 days. Six of those nine games, nice, of course, against playoff teams. And another one against Florida Panthers. Penguins have beaten the Panthers twice this season. Um, they've only given away one point to the Panthers. That's whatever. But still would really like to beat the Panthers that last time. Try to, you know, just, you know, the ball is in your hands here. Yeah, the math is on your side. You have the games in hand, but those only matter again. You can win them. So that does it for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. Again, big stretch coming up. Islanders, Devils, Islanders, Panthers. We can go on and on and on. A lot of tough games here coming up. They got Nashville before the end of the month. Edmonton comes to town. who have been playing very well. Big stretch here. It's going to be curious to see how the Penguins come out of the deadline is. In just about two weeks, I'm sure Ron Hextall is waiting it out, see if he can get someone probably right before the deadline because a lot of uh, selling GMs are just a bunch of bozos who ask for way too much. Heck, saw the report last night that, you know, Gavrikov of the Blue Jackets, they're asking for three picks for him. <laughs> what are we doing this? Ben Sherratt 2.0? You know, no one really even heard of him coming into this year. It's just selling GMs are hilarious, man. But again, that'll do it for this one. 
Really appreciate all of you listening. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Thursday. We're going to go over some trade stuff, I believe, with a special guest. And then we'll be previewing the game against the Islanders on Friday, a massive game against them on the island. And then on Friday, I'll be recapping the Islanders game directly after it concludes. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you all have a great Wednesday. It's 70 degrees today in Pittsburgh. It's going to get a bit colder, but I've been enjoying the sun. I hope you do as well. Have a great day, everybody.